Sisters Talk Brothers is a spoiler-filled podcast about the TV show Supernatural. Music credit goes to Hans Adam and their song in the Creative Commons called Paint the Sky. Driver picks the music, Shotgun shuts his cake hole. On with the show. Kindle. And hello world. Hi world. How's it going? How is everyone doing today? You specifically. How are you? Yes. You in maybe Michigan or you Michigan. in or you in Colorado or you in Newark. Newark? Or about how about you in Ohio? Ohio. Hello, Ohio. <laughs> we see you, Ohio. <laughs> God, this is dumb. All right, Hannah. Is your day beautiful? Mm, my day is hot. Hot is good. It's August. It should be hot. You know what would be wrong? What would be wrong? It would be wrong if it were August and it were cold. I wouldn't mind a breeze. Oh, man, I got more than a fucking breeze. I got winter breathing down my neck. We did, like, a little outdoor party thing last night. Like, not, like, party, but, like, old people party, because I guess that's where we are at in life. Outside party thing, and as soon as the sun set, it was like, can I please get six sweaters on my body? To the point that a local Coloradian touched my arm and was like, oh shit, you're fucking cold. And I was like, yeah, no shit, it's fucking cold. <laughs> uh, yeah. I wore um a long sleeve over my tank top at work today, and I took the long sleeve off. Like... Okay, you know, like, how no. you say that for comedic and entertaining effect, you say... Oh, I was cold this morning. I wore a long sleeve shirt underneath blah 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 and I almost died. <sighs> yeah. Or you could say I sweated enough to sink a Titanic. Well, like I sat like all day in this freaking sunroom. It's like three walls of windows. So oh, like by like eleven I I had the long sleeve off. I was like, I'm no. dying here. By 11, you had filled that room up with water, and you could see fish swimming by. <laughs> I don't sweat that much, okay? It was no, hot, I, but... Yeah, Hannah. God, jokes. Jokes. <laughs> Do you know how jokes work? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not great with jokes. Okay, that's fine. You're my sister, like, and I love you. Over my head. Yeah. <laughs> you posted a picture to me today of like, oh my god, Misha's so hot. And I'm like, what do you mean Misha's hot? He's like, just at the pool, whatever. And you're like, but no, Misha's hot. And I'm like, no, I. what are you talking about? And you're like, Kendall, you know what I mean. <laughs> you knew exactly what I meant. He, he looked very good. <laughs> you thirsty bitch. All right, Hannah, since we're going to be literal this episode, let's talk literally about vans. 
You know Vans? I know Vans. Not the ones on your feet, Hannah. I've never owned a pair. They're so expensive. I haven't owned a pair either because I don't find them aesthetically pleasing for me. I've only recently come around on Toms. Uh, Tom Toms? Tauntauns. Star Wars. I'm a big fan of It's what really buys me in. Anyways, vans. The vehicle used for kidnappings and such. If you... Were to decorate transport things, supplies, people, machinery, people, and sometimes people. If you're a very, very bad person kidnapping people, then I mean, you I'm pretty sure everybody. I'm pretty sure everybody in this episode is bad people. But we'll get to it. We'll get to it, Hannah. Fucking, yes, Kendall. Are we doing last names? Yes. No. I don't care, Hannah. Yes, Kendall. If you were to decorate your pimp van for consensually kidnapping people for sex, how would you decorate your van? <laughs> uh, I would want, like, a painting of Castiel, season oh, six, when he, <laughs> when he bursts in the room and kills those two demons... Mm-hmm. That were actually, like, working for him. Uh. Mm-hmm. Anyway, when he, like, Grass smites both them, them, both the, the heads, heads smites him, the and then he looks up. Like, right when he looks up, like, that's the mural I want painted on the side of my van. For sexy times. For sexy times, just to have a cool-ass fucking van. Okay. Well, I said for sexy times, but all right. <laughs> and I chose not to listen to you. I mean, you chose Misha Collins and his character of Castiel, so I mean, I'm not taking back my thirsty bitch comment. <clears throat> I I have calmed down in 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 that. Until you saw a naked picture of him. <laughs> I mean, there's only like three. <laughs> now. There's three now. There's more? Yeah, well, there's the one of him uh, naked on a horse. Uh, there's the one with the starfish. Right. Oh, there's the one of him uh, in the bathtub, like, rinsing off. And oh, so yeah. now there's four. So now there's four of him yeah. in just the little Speedo. I'm a fan. Leave me alone. Oh, Hannah. <laughs> I, just, I just know a lot about this show. <laughs> Misha's not a show, last I checked. Well, he's one of the actors of the show. Oh my god, Hannah, it's a joke. <laughs> I take things literally. Kindle, okay. what would you have on your van, sexy or otherwise? It. I thought long and hard about this, Hannah. <laughs> and by long and hard, I mean the last <clears throat> ten seconds. Mm-hmm. I would have... The Enterprise flying out into space, and then in space, I would have Hoth-era Leia, like, fighting the Enterprise with lasers, and yeah, underneath it all is a space tiger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like this three-way <sighs> epic battle between... Leia, Enterprise, and a space tiger. 
I mean, that's enough yes. to get anybody horny. <laughs> I mean, I'm hitting all facets of sexuality with that image. And your silence means you agree completely. I'm, I'm so, laughing because I don't hear that's any really It's really hot. And I'm like, I don't want to hear this from my sister. <laughs> so I'm like, that's Am a I really sexy thing that baby? my sister imagined. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's too sexy. It's too much. It's too sexy to come from my sister. <laughs> I can't help but if I am just tuned into humanity and it's... Sexuality? It's sexuality, you know? The tits aren't calm on this planet and I know exactly <laughs> why. <sighs> so, Hannah. So, Kendall. We have vans in this episode. We sure do. We have sexiness galore. Stonehenge. Stonehenge. Stonehenge, where the virgins lie. And they say you look so good, even though you know you're fugly. Stonehenge. Stonehenge. Yeah. Um, so how about we get into this meaty lasagna of an episode called Season 2, Episode 5, Simon said. Like all great episodes of Supernatural, we start with a recap. And this recap is really intense and it lets us know Psychic Sammy's back! Yeah! It's been about six episodes and you missed him, but don't worry, here he comes. Because we see him have visions of Jess. We see him have visions of a ghost that never fucking happened. And we see him have his visions of Max. And in retroflection? No. No, retrospect. In retrospect and reflection. <laughs> Retro. I.e. retroflection, Hannah. Retroflection, uh-huh. It makes you wonder, like, Sam was super eager to buy into this, oh, we're the same, Max, you and me. Your mom died, my mom died, we're the same. Even though our powers are totally different, and you're the mm -hmm. first person I've met like that. But, you know, whatever, Kendall is moving on. So we see all of that, and then we see, you know, John again dying because... Guess what, folks? He's dead. Still dead. And we Still dead. He has not come back to life yet. Sorry, I just got lost in thought about <laughs> him coming back to life. I mean, it's possible. It's supernatural. Anything's possible. It's supernatural. Anyway, so we see again that John has said something to Dean because they super do not want you to forget that John said something to Dean that we don't know yet. And we also see Dean lying to Sam about Dad's last words. And so even though Dad's last words have nothing to do with this episode, they just wanted you to remember. So hey, you listener out there, I guess who's watching us for the first time along with the show, you know there's a secret. 
and we're totally spoiling five gajillion things for you in every episode, <laughs> and you're just cool with that, I respect you. There's a big secret coming that we already told you. Dean has to kill Sam. Duh. <laughs> spoiler alert. We have spoiler. spoilers. Well, that's why I put a spoiler alert at the beginning of every fucking episode. I'm like, I don't want some baby supernatural discoverer be like, oh, I really like this show. It'd be really great if somebody watched it with me. And then they come to my show and, sorry, not my show, your show, our show. Our show. Our show. Yeah, our show. And I sometimes say my podcast, so it's cool. I knew you wouldn't be, like, butthurt, but I wanted to clarify in case listeners out there were like, Ugh, you so possessive. Uh, control freak. Control I am freak. a control freak. That is definitely a factor in all of this. Anyways, I didn't want anybody listening to our show and thinking that we were <clears throat> purists. We are not pure. We are dirty AF. We're and first. we talked about how thirsty Hannah is for Misha Collins for about five Goodness. minutes at the top of this show. So I, I have a respectful admiration for that man. <laughs> is that what they call it these days? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Let's get into the actual. Hey, he would Hannah. not deny that he is attractive. I am not denying that he is attractive. I would not say I'm thirsty. I respect that he is married. Okay, and him having. A marriage has nothing to do with you lusting over his body. You know, it's just a thing. Shut up. <laughs> a happy-looking man is walking down the street. A happy-looking man is walking down the street. The actor's <clears throat> name is Blue Man Kuma, and he also starred in the movie Halloween Town 2. Here he plays Dr. Jennings. Do you think he had a happier ending in Halloween Town 2? It's been a while since yes. I've seen it. Yes, definitely. He's death. still alive. Ugh, so sad about him. He just looks so happy. Like, I just want him to play Santa. He just looks so happy and jolly, and I just want him to be like, okay, well, saying I want to sit in his lap and ask <laughs> for toys <laughs> sounds really bad. But I would be happy to be like, hey, can I just sit in your lap and ask for a toy? <laughs> you want him to be Santa. I want him to be Santa. Can we make him Santa? Let's start a petition. Let's make Blue Man Santa. Blue Man Kuma. Is his name Blue Man Kuma or Blue Man Kuma? Blue Man Blue. Kuma. Oh. See, you put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. And I got a little confused. <laughs> right now, his character is getting a call on his cell phone. He starts agreeing to things solemnly. Then he happily walks away into the friendly neighborhood gun store, where they hand him a gun and ammo, and then are surprised he starts shooting. Okay, no, I mean, it's fair, right? They think this is a guy who doesn't like guns. He's suddenly interested in guns. and Red flag. Yes, red flag, but you can kind of get the feeling this is a small town of people who know each other. Mm-hmm. And he sets the shells on the counter, like, away from the two of them, as in, like, here are the shells you would need to buy, but I don't expect you to open and load it now. And the sweet guy is talking about taking his kids out in the mountains to go practice their shooting and stuff, and... Even as he's loading the gun, Mr. Blue is saying, 
oh, you know, guns make me nervous, and you're just like, no, I see so much tragedy. I'm glad I mean, this he starts to get state. nervous when the guy like starts loading, and he's like, hey, but yeah. you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, but I mean. You shouldn't have handed him the ammo. Like, I know you said he said it farther away, but he shouldn't have even got him out. He should have pointed to them in the case. Okay, well, Hannah, America has a I don't think they should even sell ammo and guns at the same place. You buy the gun at the one place and you buy the ammo somewhere else. That's what I I mean. I mean, that's not even that much of a deterrent, Hannah. It's clear U.S. has some issues with guns that I think neither you nor I are capable of discussing nor addressing here. I mean, With I think any due diligence <laughs> that people who feel the need to protect themselves should be able to protect themselves. I think there are like certain weapons that you don't need, but regardless, Hato, the important thing is that this man and not everyone should have a gun. <laughs> was going to take his boys out to the mountains and he dies. No, oh. and this doctor yeah, he man seems like a sweet guy. Yeah, and this doctor man also seems sweet, and he says guns make him nervous before he kills himself against the sinks on the ceiling? Question uh, mark? No, it's splattered behind him onto the sinks, but there was a mirror on the ceiling. But and so it caught the reflection of the blood splattering behind him. <sighs> But why were there sinks on the ceiling? This is a very weird gun store, Hannah. I think even your literal ass can agree with me on this. It's very weird for there to be just sinks on the ceiling. I mean, I get it. It it mirror matches with the next shot of Sam. But I think people shooting Supernatural in Season 2. I get it. You want to be artsy. You're doing this really weird CW show that, like, people in their teens are watching, and you're like, what does this even fucking matter? I want to inject my art and my say into this, and I'm (laughs) going to do a mirror match between a sink and a sink. But does it make sense in a gun shop to have a sink on the ceiling? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Tell me why, Hannah. It's supernatural. God damn it! (sighs) Fine, move on. Uh, uh, Yeah, he says guns make him nervous before he starts firing away, telling the screaming crowd, everything is going to be okay. The scene quickly changes to Sam coming back from a vision. He saw the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Hold on, I'm sorry, sorry. You missed a very important part of this thing. Mm -hmm. One thing I know you're going to say about the bathroom Sam's in. It's disgusting. It's fucking disgusting, and why would he dare put that water on his face? But Dean busts into the bathroom, and Hannah, I think it's time that you and I revisit Sam and his toilet issues again. (laughs) Please, please. Oh, poor Sam. Dean doesn't just knock on the door and say, Hey, Sam, you've been in there for five years, let's go. Dean opens the door, (laughs) just leads the way in, ready to catch his brother on Uranus Flagrante. In Uranus Flagrante. Uranus Flagrante. In Uranus Uranus Flagrante. He's so comfortable with catching Sam in Uranus Flagrante. He will tease Sam about catching him 
in masturbatory flagrante, but in Uranus flagrante, he's like, yeah, whatever. I changed your diapers five million years. Like, literally five million years. We just got over that uh, 15 episodes ago. Math is hard. Math is hard. Bloody Mary. All right, Bloody Mary. That's when we last discussed Sam's bathroom issues. But I just want to point out here that Dean is comfortable interrupting. Like, he's ready with flagrante interruptus. (laughs) (laughs) Uranus interruptus. He is super comfortable with that. What if Sam hadn't been urinating? I mean, at that point, it was so long. It was more of like a... They really need to work on their boundaries. Fecalius flagrante. (laughs) Uh They... They need to work on their boundaries. This this is a little too close. It's a little it's, too it's close. Super close. Hey, I uh, mean, Winces shippers out there, you are valid. You're valid. <clears throat> we see what you see and we get it. It's just not but our taste. This is too close. This this is too close. This is too Hang personal, on, too you. intimate. It's gross. If you were in the bathroom Bathroom for time is over private time. Five minutes, I would just be pounding at the door, and if you didn't answer, then I would call your phone, and if you still didn't answer, then maybe I would get concerned and have people bust down the door. The door wasn't even locked. Dean just fucking walked in. He was like, I'm supposed Bathroom to time be here. Is private time. Bathroom time is not private time with the Winchesters, apparently. God, Ooh. it was, it's so weird. <laughs> but yeah, so... They hit the road. <laughs> they hit the head together, apparently, and then they hit the road. Dean calls Sam a freak. Because? Because. So they hit the road, headed to the roadhouse, and Sam is saying that he wants to tell Ellen and Joe about what's about to happen. He wants their help. Mm-hmm. Um and Dean's like, we shouldn't Dean's go to like, the roadhouse. No. It's filled with hunters. Hunters like to hit the supernatural. And he's pretty much saying, they're going to think you're supernatural and they're going to want to kill you. Which again, I feel like we've talked about this. Maybe we haven't. But he calls him a freak. <sighs> he like, only calls a him a freak <clears throat> because he and Sam are the only ones to know that Sam's supernatural powers... Our are in some way connected to a demon. They don't even know yet, Hannah. They don't even know yet that there's demon blood involved. They think it's just happenstance, right? That the demon chose Sam because he saw that Sam had psychic powers. And of all the kids in the world that have psychic powers, he just happened to choose Sam instead for some reason. They don't even know that there's Yeah, like, the demon picked him because he has psychic powers. Instead Um, of the demon gave him psychic powers because of... Because of the demon blood. Right, right, right. Right. It's almost like they're acting as if they already have this information, but they don't. But they don't. But they don't. And so Dean, I think, is here showing his own fear and his own mm, assumptions. They're right, but... (laughs) You didn't see them trying to hunt Missouri at all. She had psychic powers, and it was just like, yeah, of course you have psychic powers. That makes total sense. But Sam's yeah, you're psychic a human powers. with psychic powers. Yeah. You know, no big. It happens. 
Yeah, some people are just more psychically sensitive. I'm pretty but sure Dean Sam has here mentioned that more than is, once. But Dean here is saying, you know, that psychic is supernatural. Yeah. I mean, where was this argument in the three seasons when they have Pam? Huh? Huh-huh? But it's, it's, it's because, it's because of what John said. It's because of what John said. That's why he's You're acting so like this. You're right. You're right. Dean has been pretty chill up until now. He just didn't want Sam comparing himself to Max because Max was seriously fucked up and had some serious issues to contend with mm-hmm. that Sam can in no way pretend to empathize with. But now you're right. Now that he's got the message from John that he might have to kill Sam, he is thinking, well, what do we hunt? What do we kill? We kill supernatural things. If my dad's telling me I might have to kill Sam, it's because Sam is no longer natural. He's a supernatural. All right. You've convinced me. You've convinced me. God damn it. I was so ready to be mad at the show. (laughs) All right. So they are going to the roadhouse anyways because... Sam's better at arguing than Dean, I guess. You know, he was almost a lawyer. Right, right. Almost, almost. Almost. Um, so we are at the roadhouse, and Joe is kicking some other hunter's ass at an arcade game. As the boys walk in, asking where Ash is. I they- do really love this scene. Because, one, the hunter's Ellen- name was Ed. <laughs> and Ellen was like, you dumbass fool. You came into a bar. You got hustled. No, it's not even hustled, Hannah. You go into a bar where there is a arcade game, and you challenge the bar owner's daughter, who has probably grown up her whole fucking life here, to play that game with you? Right, but the way he called her little lady or something like that, like, he just figured, you know, some girl wouldn't be good at video games. Uh, you know what? Maybe he was new. Near the area, and he didn't know that Joe was Ellen's daughter. Maybe and just some waitress passing through on her way mm-hmm. to whatever. All right, all right, I buy it, I buy it. All right, all right. All right, I'm, I'm going now. He just got hustled, because he was a dum-dum who didn't do his research either on the game or in the social situation <laughs> before any of this. Regardless, I love... Dean is very polite. He's like, hey, Joe, what's up? And Sam's like, where's Ash? (laughs) (laughs) They find Dr. Badass in his office, but naked. Mm. Ash gets his pants on and looks online for the guys in Sam's vision. For the guy in Sam's vision. Then Who doesn't exist. Hmm? Oh, no, he does look for the guy in Sam's vision. He looks for the, the bus line, and it's Guthrie, Oklahoma. Okay, he looks... Okay, Ash gets his pants on and looks online for the bus in Sam's visions. Then, for kids like Sam. Ash questions this at first, but Sam bribes him with a Paps Blue Ribbon. And well, that yeah, works. yeah, because um, they first say, alright, Guthrie, Oklahoma, cool. Are there demon signs there? No, there's not. Okay, so we know the demons connected to somehow, so then De- Sam is like, all right, look for kids whose mom died when they were six months old in the fire. <laughs> and he's like, okay. That's highly specific. That's like too specific. That's like, like so specific, it's suspicious. 
It's, yeah, and he's that's like... suspiciously specific, that's if you will. Specifically suspicious, if you will. <laughs> you know what I also find specifically suspicious? Why the fuck does Ash live at the roadhouse? Do we get an answer for that in the future? No. Ellen is a big-hearted, kind person who doesn't brook no fucking nonsense. Mm-hmm. Ash is a genius. We'll grant him that. But he's a little free-spirited, shall we say. Who I feel like they've known each other for such a long time. do any work for the roadhouse that I can perceive beyond maybe gathering intel for hunters. Yeah, he, he that would have to be his position there, is to do research for hunters. He's like a Bobby. All right, he's Ellen's Bobby, like a and she genius says, "I Bobby. will give you like a hyper-intelligent Bobby. I will give you food and free-spirited, a room to stay highly in. intelligent Bobby. As long as you keep giving my the hunters that pass through. Okay, yeah, because that's a big draw for hunters. If they find mm-hmm. themselves the hunter's at a boss for a case, they'll come to her bar looking for a." beer and some food and a case and that's how she keeps the clientele coming back even from long distances you have sold me hannah tireless episodes you have sold me Yay! he lives there to bring in far-ranging hunters all right beautiful i love it i got it ash for a pbr will give them the intel they need even though apparently this is what his job is at the roadhouse period so they shouldn't have to pay him but fucking whatever they pay him in beer they pay him a pbr hannah he got like two dollars he got a a bonus he got a bonus he got a bonus they're just slipping him that 20 you know like you're already getting paid to do this but i want you to do this specially for me so here's the 20 in the form of a two dollar pbr Yes. Alright, so Dean gets tired of this and goes on. (laughs) (laughs) Joe puts I Can't Fight This Feeling by Ario Speedwagon on the jukebox, then comes to pry into Dean's personal life a bit, or shows that she cares. One of the two. (laughs) I do love Dean's reaction to... Hey, it's a joke. (laughs) It's it's a joke. Oh, I'm so proud of you. You made a joke. Golf clap. Ah, I tried. <laughs> uh Dean's reaction to this was cute in that I can't really define. Was he disappointed to hear Ario Speedwagon come on? Or was he secretly very excited but didn't want to seem uncool in front of the hunter crowd and was acting like, oh this song Oh no, I mean this song. It's you the know it's, it's whatever. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Totally I think he was letter. secretly happy. Because Dean Sweet, he was singing it later Dean. like he already knew it. Like, the, you may not remember pause. the words that well, like, when you first hear a song, but he's he's heard that song a lot. That's why he was able to sing it later. Well, I mean, we've all heard that song a lot. But no, I completely get it, and I love it, because I always feel like this should be included on the collages of proof that Dean is bisexual. Mm-hmm. If only because, not because this song is gay by any stretch of the imagination, but in Dean's mindset, this is not a manly song. This is not a seduce women, drink beer, shoot monsters song. 
this is a this is the softer side of Dean's song. Mm-hmm. This is the side of Dean's song that's willing to be vulnerable, even though he's not vulnerable in front of Joe. I want to point out. Um, and I love here, knowing what the next episode is, I love here that we already see Joe chomping at the fucking bits, being like, can I please fucking work on a case? <laughs> can I leave the goddamn roadhouse? Anything. Yes. Give me a Rougarou. Give me... <laughs> Rougarou. Give me a Rougarou. Give me a Tulpa. Give me a, a Bloody so Mary. Good. Like, what the fuck? Kill it with fire. <sighs> Kill it with electricity. It only killed 100 that I know of, but he's still alive, so, you know, whatever. <laughs> they get a hit on one Andrew Gallagher and hit the road. Dean starts singing Ario. Like they you go- said. I'm getting gold. So then I ever thought I You're kidding, right? Like I said. Mm-hmm. They go over Andy's backstory, comparing it to Sam's. They get an address for Andy from a year-old W-2, so they go check it out. Yeah, the, the consensus is definitely, you don't have a lot in common with this guy. I mean, Sam, you have paid all of your bills on time. Mm-hmm. You gave your job... A two weeks notice before you went out hunting. <laughs> the only thing you've ever missed in your life was that one interview on Monday that we just didn't get back to because your girlfriend died. And at that point, I'm pretty sure they understood why you didn't go to the interview because your girlfriend died. Mm-hmm. Jess. Jess. <laughs> Jess. So... The only way they know to get in touch with this Andy guy is to go to his old job, like you said. So at the old job, he's not there. Duh, it's his old job. But they do find a woman named Tracy, who I think we find out is an old girlfriend of his. Yes. Does she say that? Well, Weber brings it up. He's like, you two used to date. Was it serious? Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah, I guess that counts as old girlfriend. I mean, if you dated. Once, twice, maybe. Whatever. They're close. And in the middle of talking to Tracy, this busboy... I say that with derision. Like, that's... No. Busboys are awesome, and... Let me see. (laughs) But Weber is not awesome. Weber is not awesome. But I said busboy like that was a despicable career or something like no <laughs> no Weber's just a despicable as a former guy. as a former server people who bust tables are lifesavers <laughs> and i will gladly give them 10 percent of my tips <laughs> to do that work for me uh but sorry Weber. the reason why i said it with derision is because weber is not doing his job at this moment he decides to he hears the name andy and he's like oh I need to be a part of this conversation right here, right now. I'm going to stop doing my job to tell you how fucking awesome Andy is because he gets me backstages at concerts. I've only been here eight months, and in those eight months, I've somehow finagled my way into getting concert tickets through him. And Tracy's like, douchebag, you weren't, you like elbowed your way in this conversation. Make like a tree and leaf, which makes (laughs) sense. Maybe, like, make it like a tree and bark. 
it. <laughs> so she shoes him off, and they're like, all right, we learned nothing here, but how do we find him? And she's like, oh, it's super easy to find him. Just follow the Stonehenge tri- uh, soundtrack. Stonehenge. <laughs> Stonehenge. Stonehenge, where the demons dwell. <laughs> Well, Roman feels like a man, and he does so well. Stonehenge. <sighs> oh, Stonehenge. No, it's a van with a barbarian woman riding a polar bear. A barbarian queen. A barbarian queen riding a polar bear. And she says it like it's not a natural combination, but it feels so natural and right in my soul. So anyways... <laughs> The boys go out in town, they find the van, Stonehenge, and they're sitting outside just waiting for the owner of this van to make themselves apparent. And Dean's like, I'm getting good vibes. I'm getting great vibes, actually. This whole barbarian queen and polar bears, it feels right. It feels Mm -hmm. good. It feels natural. And Sam's over there being emo Sam, and he's like, but what if we're all killers? And Dean's like, the fuck, bro? We're looking at a barbarian queen on a polar bear. We're trying to have a nice day. A good day for once. And you want to speculate about the fact that maybe you're a killer. And Sam's like, maybe? Last I checked, we definitely kill in this job, bro. <laughs> and I mean, all like, we do is kill. Last I checked, I kill all kinds of things. All we do is kill. Uh, mm, uh, does it count if you're killing a ghost? Because really, at that point, you're not killing a ghost. You're just... Vanquishing it. Mm, freeing it. Giving it that good nudge-nudge into the afterlife that it actually needs. Yeah. And they didn't kill anybody in bloodlust. No, they did not. No, wait, they did. Sorry, Sam did kill... Sorry, damn. Uh, Dean did kill that vampire. Damn it. Um, they didn't you know, kill anybody. You know, there's a list out there of how many episodes where someone hasn't died. Alright, let's see. Supernatural episodes where no one dies. Okay. The Table of Death. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Oh, that was the magic show one, right? No, Table of Death is just the list of everybody that was has died. Ah. Uh, yeah. Man, a lot of people have died. Oh my god, some people have died. Jesus! So many people. So many. Okay, I would say, in, in terms of whom the boys have killed, the boys didn't kill anybody in Dead in the Water. I mean, they they straight up didn't solve Dead in the Water. (laughs) Um, They didn't kill anybody in Phantom Traveler. They just exercised it. Mm -hmm. In Bugs, they did not kill anybody. They didn't solve anything in Bugs. (laughs) In Polter, in Home, the Poltergeist, that was Mary. They didn't kill anything. They hardly protected anything. (laughs) Um... In Faith, they didn't kill anybody. It was just the Reaper doing all the killing. True. In Nightmare, they didn't kill anybody. Max did all the killing. True. 
I'm saying there's a lot of... In Benders, they didn't kill anybody. Shadow, they didn't kill anybody. Um, Wow. Yeah, in Salvation, they didn't kill anybody. This is a lot more than I would have thought. In In My Time of Dying, they didn't kill anybody. They had other things going on. Yeah, I mean, people still... <laughs> let, let's they were not get it busy. twisted. People have died in every episode. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's not necessarily the Winchesters doing the killing, is all I'm saying. And even in this episode, they don't kill anybody. So... Alright, I mean, that's just what I'm saying. Sam, Sam, your point is not quite holding up. Exactly. I don't think... And even in some of those, the maybe they did uh, kill the thing, but it was a ghost. And I don't think ghosts count. I'm putting my foot on the ground, my flag on the hill, lying in the sand. Ghosts don't count. All right. You can't kill a ghost. Like, you can't kill a zombie. You just make a moving corpse an unmoving corpse. You just make a floating spirit a non-floating spirit. It's... What's dead should stay dead. What's dead is dead and should stay dead. <laughs> Alright, anyways. Sam's like, no, we're killers. And Dean's like, what the fuck, bro? But at this point, they do spot Andy coming out of an apartment building wearing a silk robe and looking like a short, nerdy version of... Playboy dude. Hugh Hefner? Thank you. Hugh Hefner. That's the name. It's not worth the brain space. Um, and Thanks. as he's walking out, a woman is waving down to him. Like she's had a fabulous time. In her time. negligee. In her negligee. And they're all like, who the fuck is this dude? And then they get suspicious when he walks a little further down the road and convinces somebody on the street to give them their cup of coffee. They're like, all right. And he gets in the van, and then they spot uh, Mr. Blue walking down the street. And Sam's like, that's the guy from my vision. And so Dean says, great, you follow vision, dude. I will follow our suspect. And this will be perfect. No problems. Good job. Did you have anything to say? Mm. <laughs> hey, do you want to give me your coffee? Um, no. That was all. <laughs> I think the only thing I had to say there was I would not grab somebody's coffee like that. It's like I don't get I don't get Andy in this moment. I really don't. I mean, maybe he knows him. Hannah, I know a lot of people on this planet. I'm close to a lot of people. I don't think I would go up to my best friend on the planet and see their drink and say, Mmm, that drink looks delicious. I just want that one in your hand that you have already had five sips out of. When I know for a goddamn fact I can step next door to the nearest barista and be like, you definitely want to give me a glass of blah, blah, blah. And for free, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm just saying, I... Writers. Writers. Of Supernatural. You could have found... Because, like, that was just, like, a regular cup of coffee. He could have walked up in a Starbucks. Also, germs. 
I mean, they never make Andy out to be someone who's very fastidious by no stretch of the imagination, but he's a very smart person who is aware of germs. What if that person had, like, burgeoning pneumonia or something? And now Andy has pneumonia, and I'm pretty sure you can't mind-control pneumonia, Andy. I mean, it's a pretty smart virus. Hannah. <laughs> of all Sorry, the, I was just thinking of, of pestilence. Of all the illnesses out there, pneumonia's definitely the smartest. And I would say the, the dumbest is probably mono. All right, fans, rate all the illnesses from smartest to dumbest. Polio. I think, I think right anthrax in the is, a, is anthrax a virus? Um, no, no, I think that's just a poison. I think. Oh, okay. I don't know. Ebola is a virus. Ebola. Ebola. I don't know if they're smart, but they're wily. They are wily. I saw Osmosis Jones. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Sam goes to follow his victim, and Dean goes to follow <laughs> his van. And Dean is not subtle at all about the fact that he's following this van. And Andy just stops the car, sorry, stops the van in the middle Stonehenge. of Stonehenge. 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 And we have to note that his license plate does say, Are you Obi-Wan? Come on. <laughs> Come on. And he gets out of the car and he comes over to Dean. Dean's like, oh, I got my gun out in case this is an evil guy. But Andy's not evil. He just wants to talk about the Impala. He's like, oh, this is a fucking sweet ass ride. Impala is the best this year. That's when they were the best, the best. It's a serious I'm classic. I'm honestly impressed that he knows cars this well. It's not an interest he seemed to display at any other point in the episode. But they do establish that Andy is genius-level intelligence. So, alright, we accept it. But then, Andy does something we don't expect. He says, Dean, can I have your car? And Dean's like, yeah, sure, of course. Here, let me get out. <laughs> Hand Hop it right on, on in over. There. And Andy drives off with the car and a thank you. And look on his the look on Dean's face, like as it slowly sinks in, <laughs> that Andy's driving away in his baby. Oh, I want to talk about this in a uh, because every single person that we see pre and post mind control is fully fucking aware that they were mind controlled. Like this is fucking. Charm person from D and D. It lasts for a minute, but then they know what you did to them. How, how does Mister Coffee Guy, who lost his coffee, not want to punch Andy next time he sees him? Neither here nor there. We will get to it. We will get to it. We will get to it. Anyways, let's go over to Sam. Sam is fi uh, following his victim, and he sees. The Mr. Blue get his phone call. And so he's like, oh, no, son. And he runs across the street, almost getting hit by a bus himself, which, come on, Sam. Let's practice <laughs> some on, common Sam. safety. And he does the fire trick, and he does it much better than Dean. 
and he walks out of the gun store satisfied in his ability to sound a fire alarm and Miss Dr. Jennings, i.e. Mr. Blue, is like, oh shit, I can't go in there. There's a fire in there. <laughs> I can't. He looks like sad, bummed, and confused. Fused all at once. Like, oh, alright, well, there goes my plan, the plan for my day. I guess I'll go on with my other plan, which was going to lunch, I guess. At this point, two things happen. Eh, really, three things happen. One, Sam feels, fuck yeah, I did it. I saved a life. I'm good. I'm a bet. I'm the best hunter ever. Two, so proud. He sees Andy driving the Impala, and he goes, mm, "That is not right. <laughs> That's not okay." And then three, not right here. He sees Doctor Jennings receive another phone call. Oh, Andy was on his cell phone when he drove fast. Good call. He could have been the one talking to Dr. Jennings. For all we know. I mean, for all he... Sam could tell. But also for all we could tell, maybe he is the one who killed Dr. Jennings. We don't know. They never actually addressed it. Um. But anyway, so Sam's not so much worried about Jennings getting a phone call right now because, come on, vision averted. I saved the day. Job done. Hey, Dean, why is this guy driving your car? And Dean's like, yeah, bro, it was fucking weird. He used mind powers on me like a fucking Jedi. He's full on Obi-Wan me. And Sam's like, yeah, that's really weird. Huh. And as he turns around, he sees Dr. Jennings walk out in front of the bus and kablammo! He's busted into smithereens. And Sam is sad. <sighs> and... So Sam is sad outside at the gun store, just watching, you know, the paramedics and the 911 crew clean up the scene, and Dean's there doing the awkward pat-pats on Sam's shoulder, and he's like, it's okay, man, you didn't save that guy, but you did stop him from the gunshot death, and also, remember that other man in your vision who was going to take his boys to the mountain that weekend and died? You totally saved, saved him. him. Totally saved him. I really loved that scene when Dean pointed out the lives Sam was able to save in this instant. That, you know, keeping their eyes on the positive. That's what I love about this show. Yes. Mm-hmm. Andy goes to the diner and tells his ex the bad news about Dr. Jennings, a.k.a. Mr. Blue. Mm -hmm. She tells him she missed him and that two guys are looking for him. I loved in the deep focus of this shot, you can see Weber or Ensem Weems in the background polishing the bar and just watching them. Ugh. It's beautiful. It's, it's such a Creep. good eye for detail. Creep. <laughs> Dean and Sam find Baby. Sam is putting the pieces together about Andy, and Dean is jumping to Andy's defense, trying to prove it by searching Andy's van, which contains books on philosophy, a bong, and a disco ball. So I had a couple thoughts. One, I love that Dean is so pro-Andy. One, because I think... Just like we saw last episode, Dean does have great instincts. Mm -hmm. But also, on top of that, we are seeing Dean's desperation to 
have there not be a pattern here. <laughs> Please don't be a pattern. Please don't I let this be my brother's. I also think we see a little bit of bisexual Dean. Like, he's gushing over Andy a bit. A bit. Oh, he's he got is. such a crush on Andy. Such a crush. And it might be kind of in that way, like, you know, for me, when with Princess Leia, like, on one hand, want to bang her. On the other hand, want to be her. I don't know where that line is. It's just, it's all gray and muddled, and there we have it. <laughs> the, s- the second thing, though, is... <sighs> Andy just left the van parked in the middle of the road, and when we saw Sam and Dean on the cell phone going, Oh, man, there was mind control involved. Dean is still outside the van that is still parked there. And then they wind up back together, walking on the street, find the Impala, then drive the Impala to a totally different location where the van is at. I'm not nitpicking so much as I'm nitpicking. But timey-wimey shit's happening here. Yeah. Who moved the van? Why was the van moved? And why is Dean only now thinking, hey, I should investigate the van to see what this dude's all about? Because he lives out of it. That's not really an answer, but fine. Let's move on. (laughs) You're welcome. The boys stop to eat in the Impala and get confronted by Andy, who commands they tell the truth. I just wish I could have, for once, something not heated at a (sighs) mini-mart. Yes. Domestic Dean. Dean wanting a home-cooked meal. Dean wanting a home. Dean spills his guts. Sam here. This is my brother. Dean, shut up. I'm trying. He's psychic. Sound like you. But it doesn't work on Sam, who explains their connections, but starts to have a vision of a woman at a gas station who answers her cell phone, agrees to whatever is said, and proceeds to cover herself in gas and then light herself on fire. Dean asks Sam what he saw, and Sam explains. They hear sirens, so Dean goes to check things out, but Sam doesn't want Andy out of his sight. It just happened, so Andy couldn't have done it. I love that apparently demon blood makes you impervious to other people with demon blood. Yeah, that is interesting. That's... That's pretty cool, I think. But your parents, but your powers do work on demons, just not on other Mm -hmm. demon-human blood hybrids, hybrids. right? But (laughs) also, probably one of your parents dies. That's a that's a tough trade-off to choose. Tough Um, trade-off, and it's horrible. That Dean is violated in this way, but they definitely play it for laughs. <laughs> and it yeah. is very cute that he <laughs> just has to give it all up. Love it. Um, what else? Oh, I can't tell how much I feel for Sam in that... He is so ready to, I don't want to say face the facts, but he's so ready to believe the worst about himself mm-hmm. that it means he's 
even though this is the second person he's ever found in a situation similar to his, he's so ready to believe that they are just killers and they're awful. They're just like Max. They're quote unquote just like Sam. It 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 shows how he feels about himself. It really does, in in a really subtle way that you don't think about unless you are doing shit like this and analyzing it for essays or a podcast or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way he and immediately... See, Andy, Andy, he can reach. He, a- Andy, he can save, like, unlike Max. Or, conversely, Andy, he can defeat, unlike the demon. Yeah. You know? Uh, I can't remember so much how much they follow Sam and any suicidal ideation, but I wouldn't be surprised in this rewatch if we, not so much overtly, because I don't remember it being so overt, but even subversely, there being some, the world would be better off if I weren't here. Yeah, definitely. Kind of thoughts, you know? And oh, we're just getting hints of that here, and it's very subtle, and I appreciate that character exploration. But anyways, the the sirens and Dean's like, it's probably not him. And Sam's like, it's definitely him. And then a siren goes off and they know, hey, sirens, small town, we're here. It's definitely for us. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> it has to be about us. God, they're so fucking self-absorbed. Can't people just have heart attacks around you? Jeez. <sighs> so Sam, sorry. So Dean goes and chases the ambulance like a excited puppy and sam keeps an eye on andy and sam keeps an eye on andy and don't do nothing sam (laughs) andy and sam bond over psychic powers andy is so zen about the gift he was given while it's been nothing but a curse for sam i mean it's like you see visions of people dying (sighs) yeah i mean visions of death versus I can tell literally anybody what to do. And they do it. Yeah. That's all I have to say. I mean, it was it was cute watching them bond, I guess. Because you didn't really Dean- get that with Max and Sam. Max was a little too damaged to be able to be like, Oh, hey, I, can fi- I finally have someone I can talk to and bond with. Oh, man. Can you imagine if Weber had gotten to Andy first? What the Deadly. If he had, like, came and talked to Andy first instead of doing all this weird shit. I mean, what do you expect Weber to do? Really? He's told you have a twin brother. I want you to go be friends with him, but you can't tell him anything. Would you not want to be their best friend? Would you want... Yeah, would but you I not wouldn't on your... go around killing the people that he cares about. Oh, no, no, no. Weber's psycho. Let's, let's not get it twisted. Absolutely psycho. Absolutely psycho. I thought you were just meaning, like, his being a creep thing and trying to be friends way too fast. Because I can see how in Weber's brain, mm. they have this relationship, whereas in... I Andy's feel brain, it, don't you? Don't you feel how close we are? Don't you just... And he's like, no, I, I we're don't. We're like Luke and Leia. Let's kiss. Ugh, no. <laughs> Dean returns with news. We're the like Dean saying, and Sam. Let's kiss. <laughs> uh, no. Let's bust in the bathroom for each other. 
Dean returns with news. The woman's name was Holly Beckett. She had given, and like they find out that she had given birth around the same time that Andy was born. Mm, so like that's kind of weird. Maybe there's a connection. Yeah, she like gave her kid up for adoption around the same time that you were born. Also, by the um, way, Ash so- is the one who found out this information. So by my calculations, they owe him a PBR. So they're one PBR in Ash debt. Yes, they are. Yes. Andy Jedi mind tricks their way into public records. Mm-hmm. They found out that Dr. Jennings was the doctor. And Holly had had twins. Mm-hmm. Dean gets Andy's brother's pictures sent over from the DMV, and they find out that Andy's brother is that creepy guy, Weber. Dun-dun-dun! So, it's time to... Name that monster! monster. Our monster this week is Mind Control. And now, yes, I could have gone the whole, let's talk about the Jedi mind trick and how it works with the midichlorians and blah, 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 blah. But come on, guys. That's not real. We're talking about the supernatural here. Okay? We're talking about sci-fi, not fantasy. All right? Okay. So... You're not laughing, Hannah, and it makes me really sad. <laughs> Sorry, I was reading notes. Oh, damn it. Did you hear Sorry. a word I said? No. You're still not listening! <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm saying all the funny jokes. I'm being amazing over here, and while we do have a whole audience, you're my audience of one. I am your audience of one. Speak to me. <laughs> So, instead of diving deep into Star Wars, I found an article called Five Signs Someone is Using Mind Control Against You and How to Prevent It. Like a superpower? Now, here's the thing. This episode, for me, Beyond Stonehenge, 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 was not all fun and games. Like, this episode was highly disturbing to me. So when it Absolutely. came time to do the name that monster, I thought it would be a good opportunity to a good opportunity to address real shit that happens every day, whether you realize it or not. So this article starts by defining mind control. And sure, you might be thinking alien technology going into my brain. No. It's simply when someone's thoughts and actions are controlled by an outside party. And it usually begins by manipulating and or breaking the person. I'm sure most of us have heard the term gaslighting. Gaslighting, Mm -hmm. super fucking real. Go look it up. It started with a movie that showed this manipulation mind control technique and... It kind of opened people's minds and eyes to the fact that, oh shit, this happens a lot. And it's not okay. So, sign one, that you are being mind controlled. Isolation. Are you, our precious listener that I want to protect and wrap up in a soft blanket, are you being separated from your friends and family? Because that's mind control. 
Oh, you and can't. it's a big no-no. It's a huge no-no. If your significant other or your friend or whomever is in any way persuading you from being in contact with your healthy relationships, no. I mean, it's very different. Drop them. If they are pointing out for you the toxicity. Toxicity? Toxicity. The toxicness of your relationship. Toxicity. With your family, that's one thing. But if you have a loving, healthy relationship with your mama, and you have a weekly call with your mama, and they're like, oh, but you said we could go do this, and I want to go do this now, so you can't talk to your mom because you promised me about this. Mm, Mind control. Two. Drop them. Moody behavior. Does this motherfucker throw a fit when you do something they don't like? Mind control. And now I'm not saying they're on the floor kicking their legs and screaming, but like you do a little thing they don't like or even a big thing they don't like. And instead of talking to you like a fucking adult, they just like retreat and get really fucking moody and go boohoo in their fucking corner. Drop them. Drop them. Three, meta communication. Do they say yes, but everything in their behavior says no? Mind control. Drop them. Drop them. Or even conversely, they say no and everything but their language is yes. Mm. I mean, basically, what is what they're saying, what they're saying has to match what their body is doing. And we'll get into other things about that. Anyways, four, neuro-linguistic programming. This is a little harder to spot unless, I don't know, you're like trained in this shit. But basically, have you noticed... That they learn how you learn through visual cues, or you learn through certain language, or do you learn through actions? And so they code their communication with how you learn best. That's mind control. Drop them. And five. And this one is, man, if you've reached five, it's really hard. Uncompromising rules. Do they have impossible expectations that they insist on? Because that shit's mind control. Drop them. So what do you do? All right. One, people, stay in touch with your friends and family always. Always. They are the first ones. You know, if I were talking to Hannah and I were saying, oh, me and my wife did this and she said that and I was like, and then she was like, Hannah would be the first person to say, dang, that shit's not healthy, right? Mm -hmm. You need your friends and family, too. Also, they just make you happy and they love you and you love them and that's like a happy world to live in. Whatever. Two, don't tolerate moody behavior. If they're pitching a fit... Fucking point out how childish they're being. If you do something they don't like and they just go off in the corner and pout, you can say, hey, it looks like I've upset you. Can you please tell me why? Instead of being a baby about it. Three, question them when their words don't match their body language. Hmm, looks like you just said yes, but everything in your body is telling me no right now. Do you care to explain why that's happening right now? You say it's fine. Mm -hmm. But you're not acting like it's fine. Exactly. Be a grown-up and talk to me. Four, the whole uh, neuro-linguistic blah, 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 blah. 
if they are mirroring you, watch out for people who mirror you. And I'm not just saying, um, like, romantic involvements. Even friends who are suddenly copycatting you or trying to trying to be like Weber, actually. Trying to just match their life, trying to graft their life onto yours. Like, suddenly acting like you guys are closer than you really should be at this point. Or, say, you are super into Gilmore Girls, and you make a lot of Gilmore Girl quotes, and that's how you kind of code all of your understanding of the world, is through Gilmore Girls, and suddenly they're coding everything through Gilmore Girls to match you? They've they've binge-watched it, they bought you a t-shirt, mm-hmm. they, like, bought matching t-shirts so the both of you can love Gilmore Girls together and they want a marathon it, they've bought the DVD box sets. Mm-hmm. Like, and part of that might seem sweet, but... Drop them. <laughs> oh, Hannah, I still remember, um, way back in college, when Facebook was brand new, I put on my page that I was a fan of Oscar Wilde, and this one dude out of nowhere bought me an entire Oscar Wilde book set. And I was like, okay, that's sweet. Thank you. Bye. Yeah. I was like, that's that's not sweet. That's not cute. That's just creepy. I see what you're trying to guilt me into feeling like I owe you some shit. And that's not happening. And all of this ends with, again, stay in touch with your family and friends. Because they will be able to Always. spot those uncompromising rules even when you can't, usually in romantic relationships. And having been in a previously very unhealthy relationship where I didn't want to listen to my friends and family who told me that she was a bad news, please, please listen to the people who have known you longer than your significant other. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Because maybe, maybe they spot shit that you don't. Um, and all this to say, if you are under the influence of a Jedi Knight, I'm sorry. There's nothing we can do to help with that situation. And that concludes Name, Name That, that Monster! monster! Ah! Back at the coffee shop, Weber asked Tracy... Two personal questions, nasty man, and creep. Now Ugh. we know he's our evil twin. Ugh. Ugh. At the same time, uh, Sam is having visions of her jumping off of a bridge. Well, because they're driving down the road, right? Mm-hmm. And they're quizzing Andy about this whole situation, how it could have happened, and what does he know about Weber? So that they can try and find wherever Weber is. I mean, how much Weber shows up one day, like eight months ago, acting like he's my best friend in the world. And 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 during all this, Sam starts getting a headache. And I guess Sam's instinct, if he has a headache in the car, is to start opening the car door. Like I can't. I'm claustrophobic. I can't have headaches in the car. Get me out. And so Dean's like emergency pull over to the side and. Let Sam have some fucking air. Like, this isn't an every other day occurrence by this point. God. It's kind of cute how Dean still overreacts. But I kind of feel like at this point, I'd be like, yeah, Hannah's having another one of her psychic headaches. 
<laughs> she probably wants me to pull the car over, but I feel like we have places to be, so um, child lock, she can just suffer through. I'll turn up the air. <laughs> Weber has Tracy at the bridge. She's crying, and he's using his power on her. He monologues about how great Andy is, and no one else can have him. Now, in this scene, Weber makes my skin crawl, reminiscent of our shapeshifter. This scene, if they air it these days, I hope comes with a trigger warning. Absolutely. God, this it was hard to watch. It's, like, even for, you know, a show that's supposed to be scary, like, this was uncomfortable. This, ugh. It's a rape scene. I mean, it doesn't ever get to that because, thankfully, the boys arrive in time. But it is a rape scene. And he even alludes to the previous rapes he's done. He says... I take my ladies here. They like it. Well, I mean, I like it, so... Of course they do, too. Ugh. 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 It's... It's fucking gross. I do want to point out how fucking classy Tracy is because... It's in the year of our Lord, 2006, 2007, and this woman is wearing a slip under her dress. That is very classy. That's super classy Go, Tracy. I haven't worn a slip since the 90s. We should bring slips back, Mm -hmm. Anna. You and me. Let's do it together. Okay. All right. Sam, Dean, and Andy arrive at the bridge. Dean hangs back with a sniper rifle so he won't be mind-controlled. And Andy goes in with Sam, taking a gun. Mm-hmm. This Weber. is a very rare occasion where Dean is like, I am more than happy to hang back even though I am, or I'm more than happy to hang out because I am a... Weak link? Um, no, what's a... I'm a, uh, not a handicap, I'm a... Liability. There we go. There you go. Liability. Yes. I feel like in the future, the boys will be like, I don't care if I'm a liability. We do this together. Together. As brothers. And an angel. (laughs) We do this as brothers and angel. So, season two, brothers, they're a little more sane and a little less codependent, and Dean is able to say... A little less damaged. A little less damaged, and Dean's able to say, you know what? I could be mind-controlled into killing one of y'all, so maybe I go hang back. I'll take a sniper with me just to see. (laughs) Weber has her remove her clothes, then tells her to go jump off the bridge because she can fly. Mm. Uh, Sam smashes his window and Andy gets Tracy out of the car. Sam and Andy get hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm so sorry. The look on his fucking face when Sam doesn't leave him alone and just punches, like breaks his nose and his shock of, oh shit, what? I can't believe you just hit me. I can't um, they believe duct it tape didn't work. His... Um, they. They duct tape Weber's mouth shut and argue over who should beat him. But well, Weber it, has... I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm, I shouldn't be disagreeing so much. I'm sorry. I did think this was a beautiful moment, though, because... Because... Because, 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 because... Sam doesn't want to beat up Weber. 
Sam wants to contain, interrogate, control Weber, right? Because Sam still has a lot he wants to learn from Weber. Mm-hmm. Andy, on the other hand, wants to beat the ever-loving shit out of him. And yeah, I feel like Sam, in protecting Weber, is doing two things. One, trying not to be proven right and that all of Azazel's children are killers. But also, two, is he wants to know what, what Weber's story is and get what information he can. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's not so much who gets to beat him up, it's more Andy... For having what a visceral purpose? reaction and Sam being his logical Stanford self. <laughs> Weber has Tracy pick up a stick and whack them, revealing that he has stronger powers because of practice. I find it a little insulting that everybody just assumes Andy hasn't been practicing when it's obvious he's been practicing. But... Fine, whatever. Andy backs off so Weber can explain his psychotic ways. Andy's not having any of it, though, and calls him out for being crazy. But Weber reveals the man behind the plan. Marble Eyes. At this point, everybody should be calling Weber crazy because the man with the yellow eyes came to him in a dream? A dream? Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Weber, you basing all this shit off of a dream? He sure is. Yeah, um, if it weren't for the killing and the raping, if you don't think he's psycho by now, now you definitely think he's psycho. Yeah. Dean's lining up for a shot while Weber rambles, but he quickly realizes and has Dean aim the gun at himself, and Andy shoots Weber just in time. Two things. Yes. Where in mind control does it say your spidey senses tingle when somebody's trying to kill you? I mean, he said, I see you, so I guess in line of sight, but... It doesn't make sense. He was rambling. He was rambling. It doesn't make sense. look over. Yeah, Yeah, he should have been able to shoot him. And two, how did Andy get that gun? Oh, it's It it really is a testament to how bad Sam is with guns. Because Mm -hmm. they've gotten Dean's shiny, white-hilted gun back. And you know Dean's happy to have that back. And oh, yeah. Sam has that. And at some point, while getting whacked over the head with a stick and f- flinging himself ten feet in the other direction, his gun lands next to Andy's feet and nobody notices. And it's, yeah. Supernatural writers! Did you have anything else? You know, you the say? guy who plays Weber, like... Looks kind of like Elijah Wood. Yes, he does. You could also say he looks a little bit like Harry Potter. Yeah. Like if you combine those two. If you combine the two, you get Elijah Potter. (laughs) His name's not Potter. It's uh, Radcliffe. Elijah Radcliffe. Elijah Potter. Harry Wood. I mean, Harry Wood. Daniel Wood. Harry Wood. No. Stop that. Harry would do pretty much anything if it meant he got his man. Wink, wink. (laughs) Stop it. Oh, you stop it. Moving on. Moving right the fuck on. Can I just say I was really happy Andy was the one who shot him? I would have been really sad if... You know, Weber... 
He's he's more far gone than Max, really, but I guess maybe that's how some people's souls react to demon blood. Well, because, like, you think of, you know, how much did Sam change after his power started? How much did Ava change? How much did Andy change? How much did Weber change? Like, I feel like it affects people to different degrees, because Max just went straight to murder. But that also tied into his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the one issue I had in terms of story. It's not my hate, but it's a definite flaw in the story in that we never really understand why Weber was so angry. Like, he says that their birth mother and the doctor that helped facilitate the adoption ruined their lives and caused them to be alone. Andy at no point seems like he's maladjusted or he feels like he's alone. Mm -hmm. He has an obvious friend support system um, and seems pretty well balanced when all is said and done. So what was going on in Ansem Weems' life that he felt so isolated and I mean, maybe he bounced in foster care. But they specifically say that his adoptive parents didn't die when he was a kid? Hmm. They gave the impression that he had a stable family life. So maybe he was just... We don't know what his home life was like, though. We don't, and I feel like that was a flaw. Because at least with Max, you got a very clear understanding of why he was a Their killer. family dynamics. Yeah. Yeah. And you didn't get that with Ansem. I mean, his name was Ansem Weems, so that kind of tells you a little bit, but <laughs> not as much as we could have been told. So anyways, the cops have arrived because, you know, there's a dead person here. Fucking Andy's a great shot, better than Sam. And Andy Jedi mind tricks the cops on how this story went down. And These aren't the droids you're looking for. Look at him. Getting better at it. And then he goes to talk to the boys because he's hella butthurt because, uh, last night I used my Jedi mind powers on Tracy. I never done that before. And since I did it this time, she doesn't trust me now. You know, because it has nothing to do. Valid. You know, because it has nothing to do with the fact that she now knows that I have these powers and could rape her like my evil twin tried to do with her. Yeah, that's, that's not the source of the lack of trust at all. <sighs> Asshole. Um, the boys have to hit the road, but Sam's like, you know what, here's my number. If anything comes up, give me a call. And Andy's like, I don't know what to do with my life now because now I realize this is bigger than me just being special. And Dean's like, hey, just don't fuck up because you fuck up. We'll come back here and probably do nothing because you can mind control me at least. <laughs> And Sam takes his, takes his, Sam takes this moment to point out to Dean that, hey, you were right last episode, but I'm right this episode. Asshole was a killer. I'm a killer. Al uh, Max was a killer. Weber was a killer. All of us seem to be pushed into killing, giving the right impetus. 
But, I mean, that's anybody. Demon blood or no, the right circumstances, anybody could be a killer. Absolutely, but... Anyone could anyone be, could be pushed into killing. Anyone could be mind-controlled into killing, whether supernatural or not. <sighs> absolutely. Sam. No, absolutely. But you can't deny that Sam is very valid in feeling like... He's a risk. No, like he's being targeted. And that there yeah. are people yeah, out there that are being targeted and these people specifically are being pushed. It's not like Kindle, who has zero psychic powers beyond being beautiful, is being targeted mm. and pushed into killing people. It's specifically people who do have these powers that are being pushed into killing specifically people. Specifically pushed. Yeah. You, yeah. you can't deny that. Yeah. And Dean is still in outward denial. It's like, you know what? It doesn't matter. We need to find the demon and kill it. It's fine. Boom, whatever. They get a call from Ellen, and she's just like, hey, I need you to come back to the roadhouse. Good job. Job done. But come back, please. And they're like, alright, got nothing else going on. Whatever. So they go to the roadhouse, and Ellen is telling Joe, I need you to go down and get all the beer your Israeli muscles can handle. <laughs> And Joe's like, I fucking got this. I mean, I'm going to bitch about it, but I got it. And the boys walk in. Ellen's like, I need y'all to stop fucking lying to me. This isn't just family business. This is hunter business. This is world business. Tell me what the fuck is going on. And so they try to tell her what's happening. And Dean's like, I don't want to tell you. And she's like, sit here, asshat, and tell me what the fuck is going on. And... So they're like, fine. So they tell the whole story about how Sam had this happen to him as a baby, and now he has psychic powers, and apparently there are other kids out there that had similar childhood experiences and also are now psychic. And she's like, all right, are they dangerous? And he's like, no, no, they're totally cool. And Sam's like, no, some of them are fucking dangerous. Some of them can generally mind control you and make you do shit you don't want to. Oh. Yep. And Dean's like, but it's cool, we got a pattern. And Sam's like, no, Ash's research came back, or the county records came back. Ansem Weems' parents didn't die in a fire. And they're all like, oh shit. That breaks pattern. There's no way to track how how big Azazel's killer army is. And upon this realization, Joe arrives back up from the cellar, lugging the hugest case of beer. And Ellen's like, forget the beer, Joe. Use your Israeli muscles to open up some whiskey. <laughs> and that's where we end the episode. Yeah. Oh, it's getting so good. So good. You know what's better than good, Hannah? Themes. Themes. Hit me with a theme. Psychic kids. Psychic kids gonna rule the world. Um, yeah, yeah. We're gonna have a few more Psychic Kid episodes. This is our, I can't believe this is our second Psychic Kid episode. I feel like we've been just deep in the psychicness for a while now. Mm-hmm. Roadhouse. Nice. I didn't have that. We got a few Roadhouse episodes under the belt now. It's becoming like a staple. It's like, oh, it's like their safe house pre-Bobby. Because you know Bobby's going to be the next safe house. But right now they got the Roadhouse. And that's, oh, 
You know what I would have really and truly and deeply loved? What's that? If they had given us even just a brief scene of Dean and Sam just having a mini vacay. <laughs> yes. And getting to know some of the hunters around the roadhouse. Like, hey, we got a couple days off, no cases. Ah, oh, what have you been hunting on? Oh, you know, we did that over here and we didn't solve it, but we learned this. <laughs> I mean, and they're already somewhat famous hunters just because their dad was good, I guess. I mean, they're just legacy yeah, kids yeah, right now. Yeah, their, their name's out there a little bit. Their name's out there it's a little It's a little bit. nepotistic, but all right, all right. <laughs> I had a theme of freak. Why you gotta take on my themes, Hannah? Not to crack up. But yes, this might be the first time, however, where Dean says freak and he means it. Oh, he means mm. it. The bad guy is human. Ah, I also had human monster. Yeah, yeah. Not to crack up. Um, I had a theme of bribery. I'm calling it a theme now. Bribery. With the PBR. I mean, you're bribing a friend. Mm -hmm. That's more of a payment than bribe, but I'll take it. You know what was a theme, though, Hannah? What's that? Breaking and entering. If I mean, the van Break was... Breaking and The van was basically his home, so, yeah. 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 And they didn't use lockpicks, though. They used a crowbar, which I felt was a little cheating on, on Dean's part, but all right, all right, fine. Shortcuts. I get it. I get it. I think we had some uh, nerdy Dean this episode. Like, he kind of geeked out over some Star Wars and shit and the Stonehenge and Stonehenge. all that. Yeah, I love A little bit of his softer side. Love softer it. side, geeky by Dean. I love him so much. Um, references to Dean's drug use. Because mm -hmm. if, if this were an HBO show, he would be smoking, doing drugs every episode. <laughs> mm -hmm. Dean, above all others, has unhealthy coping mechanisms. Sure does. Which means I mean, he would have lowered his inhibitions and had some same-sex experiences by this point. It's a given. 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 All right, any other themes, Santa? Uh, Sam feeling like he's bound to go dark side or otherwise. Suicidal you know, Sam. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, suicidal Sam. There we go. Yeah, yeah. His soul ready to die and go join Jess. <gasps> Jess! Well, Hannah. Alright. If there are no other themes that our dumb, no unprofessional themes. brains can think of. Let's... No, I couldn't think of it anymore. Yeah, it was a pretty unique episode. There were no libraries. There were no motels. What were we to do, people? <laughs> so then let's go into loves and hates. Hannah, what did you hate? I hated Weber. He was twisted and disgusting. So creepy. Very fair. Very fair. He what did you hate? I hated how this show used mind control as a tool for rape and then didn't explore the consequences of that in any way that was significant. 
we start the show with we meet Andy with him having just obviously left a sexual encounter with a woman. We learn very quickly that people are aware after the fact of what they were mind controlled into doing. And even Dean at the end says that it was comparable to being roofied. Mm. I mean, that's, that's, and even at the end, I do appreciate that. I did appreciate that they didn't make it a fault of Tracy that she was forever skeeved and untrustworthy. Right. But they made it about the fact that he had violated her trust by using the mind control on her to save her life versus just the fact that he can. He can have that power over her. And she very wisely is like, I don't want to have people in my life that have that kind of power over me. And they yeah. they don't address it or handle it in any way that's significant. The whole... The rape scene. I mean, it never actually got to physical rape, but it was certainly mental rape where he even tells her, like, oh, undress, but I want you to undress more slowly. Like, they, they play... Violation. It was violation. Yeah, but they played it for horror, which it is, but... They played it for supernatural horror when it is a real horror. horror. I was just like unnatural, regular natural. It's like it's a it's a non supernatural horror that people face every day. And maybe if this episode were made today, they would have handled it more tactfully, or at least put warnings up, or at least have talked about it in a way that addresses the fact how fucked up it is that Weber even fucking admits to having brought several women there previously to rape it, to rape them. Um, but even, the, the, I think the, the most disturbing thing for me is that they never address the fact that Andy was also using his powers for, they, they allude to the fact that Andy used his powers to get sex that maybe he was not otherwise capable of getting. But they never make you feel like Andy was also a rapist in the way that they make you feel that Weber is a rapist. Right. And I don't like that. I want to like... Like, they put two different perspectives on them doing pretty much the same thing. Exactly, and I don't think that's okay. I want to like Andy as a character, but even... it, it It's not until the very well, end that he realizes that maybe his gift can be abused, and he doesn't use that as self-reflection for... He uses it as self-reflection for how he hasn't abused it, when obviously he has been abusing it this whole time, and there's no self-reflection in that regard. You know? Mm -hmm. And and that's what really bothered me. I, I think it was really clumsy and careless. Um, and excusing the rape of the character you're supposed to like, and then not even fully addressing the rape done by a character we're supposed to dislike. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Um, but to touch on what I loved, um, I loved Andy. Um, and I, I don't want to think that he used his powers for that purpose. And, and like, like you said, they alluded to it, but we don't know for a fact that he used his power with that lady he spent the night with. 
You're right. So that aside, like innocent until proven guilty, I do like Andy. I love that he, you know, read books and smoked weed and had a disco ball in his van and knows classic cars. He's like this really charming guy. Like, if I met Andy, assuming he didn't use his powers on me, like, he would be a guy I would hang out with. I loved Andy. I enjoyed him as a character. He is definitely flawed. I do think, you know, like you said, he abused his powers. Um, but he didn't abuse them in the way that Weber did. I mean, no, absolutely. Uh, yes, I could so see you and Andy hanging out and just, uh, having some recreational fun and (laughs) talking about books and the universe and existential shit. Well, so what did you love, Kendall? I loved, I loved the complexity of Sam dealing with this burgeoning idea that he is being targeted and that the reason why he has psychic powers is so that he can be uh, groomed for being a killer. Like it's, like we talk about grooming a lot these days, mostly in a sexual sense. And it's horrifying and wrong, but it, I find it interesting in a character to to see that this person is aware they're being groomed, but it's on such a cosmic mm-hmm. scale that they don't know how to stop it. Like, if Sam were to try and stop Azazel's plans by taking himself out of the picture, it would be either through death or locking himself up in a room. But then, how many people? are going to be hurt or dead because Sam stops doing the good work he's doing. But is the work he's doing even really that good? Maybe by putting this ghost to rest or killing this vampire. Maybe that's part of the demon's greater scheme. And There's so much more of a big picture he doesn't realize and he's starting to have this horror of what is he being groomed for. And... And can he control it? Can he stop it? Exactly. And it's and it's a really... Because... And the how, like, the how the writers are handling the conversation, I think, is really delicate at this point and really intricately done. And I am enjoying that complexity of emotion they're bringing to it. They're not just stating right out, oh, because of XYZ, I think the demon's using me for XYZ and possibly... Other kids for blah, 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 blah. Like, they say my team don't have all the information yet, and a lot of it is just their instinct, you know? Dean had an instinct for the zombie last episode. He has an instinct for Andy this episode. Sam also has this great instinct, and he has an instinct regarding his own life and path that is telling him, I'm being... The ship of my life is being pointed towards a heading, and I don't know how to steer away from it. And I, I, yeah. I really, it, it was more so than nightmares. It was done so well here that I really appreciated it. Absolutely. So that was my love. You know, it was a great love. The little things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited to love our next episode together, Hannah. Can you tell me what's coming up next time on Sisters Talk Brothers? When you're surrounded by darkness, open your Next eyes. time on Sisters Talk Brothers, we have Season 2, Episode 6, 
No exit. Sam and Dean investigate the brutal killings of blonde women from an apartment building and discover with Joe, who, defying her mother Ellen's wishes, follows the Winchesters on their hunt that the demon responsible is the ghost of the first serial murderer, H. H. Holmes. Ellen is captured by the ghost and buried alive. This synopsis was brought to us by Drifa Valjet. Thank you, IMDb. And one thing, it was Joe that was captured, not Ellen, but otherwise. A good summary. Good synopsis. Right, yeah, Drifa, you're, you're stumbling a little bit, but it's okay. We love it. We love it. It's good. I love the originality this in this. This does make me think of something I wanted to mention earlier. When Dean is all truth gushing, uh, yeah. he says, the first thing he says is, we hunt demons. Yeah, that that struck me too. I'm like, you guys have done one, two, if you count Meg. Yeah, we'll we'll give them two. You've hunted two demons. Yeah, because they hunted the one demon in the plane, and then they hunted Meg when their dad was kidnapped. Beyond that, oh, they hunted they hunted Meg, but they killed forgettable demon number two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the, the killing was secondary, right? They inter- right. They hunted. They men. said we hunt demons, and I'm just like, uh, mm. mostly you hunt ghosts. You hunt ghosts. You hunt the shades mostly of the night. At this point, you've hunted probably more vampires than you've hunted demons at this point. So let's get yeah. real. Yeah. I mean, technically, they've hunted more humans than they've hunted demons at this point. So, <laughs> right, Dean, you could just say we hunt humans. Bad humans. We hunt, and spirits. We hunt things. Sometimes demons. We hunt hunting things. Hunting things. Saving humans. Unless the humans are the things. Yeah. Family business. Family business. <laughs> I am excited for this episode, though, Hannah, because two reasons. One, we already saw Joe in this episode wanting to get the fuck out and do some hunting. And what do you know? Very next episode, she gets out there. She gets to. She gets to. Yes. And mama's mad. The second reason why I love this episode is because I'm so excited to do Name the Monster on this one. Because I'm not going to do a ghost. Oh, no. I'm going to do like a... Are you going to do H.H. I'm going to do like a whole Stuff You Missed in History class. H.H. Holmes breakdown for you motherfuckers. Oh, hell yeah. Hell I watched a yeah. documentary on him once. He's, God, like, this is why I can watch Supernatural till my eyeballs fall out of my face. Do not show me horror films or documentaries about real people because real people do fucking awful shit. I'm with Dean mm-hmm. on this one. Demons I get. Humans are fucked up. <laughs> I think he said humans are crazy, but okay. You know what? Demons like to go to Paris and try to get people to fuck. All right? I'm down with <laughs> demons. <laughs> I'm not down with the crazy psycho humans. Same. Same. What are you looking forward to next episode? Um, well, one thing I wanted to say was that uh, I once read a Teen Wolf Supernatural crossover oh, fic, and they worked this case, minus Joe. What? What? So, well, so, hold on, hold on. Because, hold on. No, no, because Hannah, it was... Hannah. No, listen to me. It was pre-season one Supernatural, but like mid or after season three of Teen Wolf. So the timeline was fucked up to begin with. Joe wouldn't have been in the picture at all. 
So you're telling me that this fanfic author was like, you know what's wrong with Supernatural and Teen Wolf? Too many women. Too many women. We need to solve this case with nothing but boys. Dicks will solve this problem, is what they said. Stop it. I'm looking forward to this episode because Joe is a badass. Yes, she is. She don't need no Winchester to come in and save the day. Mm-mm. I mean, she's, she's a tough motherfucker. Hell yeah, she is. So excited. All right. We that didn't talk about it. Joe enough this episode. That's just what I'm realizing we right didn't. now. We'll talk about her so much next so episode. So much. All right. Hannah. If I want to yes, gush Kendall. to you about how awesome Joe is, where is the best forum for that? You can contact me on Tumblr at JailbreakFiend or Everything Overlord. That's Mamisha Blog. Oh, Mamisha. She's so thirsty or on for in- you. Or on Instagram. That's also JailbreakFiend. And Kendall, how would I gush to you? Well, Hannah, you would send me a... PM on Tumblr at Kindle Abroad, or you would find me on Instagram at Kindle 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 and say, Hey girl, Joe so cool. And then I'd say, Yeah girl, Joe so cool. So cool. So cool. Even if you're a boy, I'd be like, Yeah girl, Joe so cool. And if you wanted to tell both of us that Joe is half of your OTP, then you would contact us at sisterstalkbrothers at jamale.com or, you know what, we don't plug this enough, you can also reach us on Tumblr at sisterstalkbrothers. Come on. Come on. Oh, yeah. Our own Tumblr. Our own Tumblr. It's basically our website or something. I recently, I recently shared a bunch of stuff to it, so go check it out. I'm really proud of myself. All the fan vids. All the fan vids. So much dick on dick. I even posted about that fic I've mentioned a couple of times. What? Redemption Road. That Road to Redemption? Road. Redemption Road. The yes, road it's the best to the fic sky ever. keeps on redeeming. <laughs> so, tune in next week for... More monsters. More... More brothers. <laughs> more sisters. <laughs> Misha! Oh, God. Bye. Bye.